You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. McFarlane, McFarlane Energy, thank you for powering the Red Sox to take three out of four from the Kansas City Royals. Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. Today you got Gordo and you got Sammy. Sammy, say hello. What's up, guys? I'm out here being powered by McFarlane. I wish the Red Sox offense had some McFarlane, but we'll take those three wins. In general, they have told us that they power one thing at a time. They're working on two, so we'll see if we can uh, get the offense powered tomorrow night. They might need it with the bullpen likely being down, but you know it's a one-game-at-a-time type deal here. They, this team needs to win every game they possibly can, and Cora is managing it super aggressively, as you saw tonight. Pretty much the entire pen has now thrown three out of four, like your entire, all of the higher leverage relievers, like Jansen, Martin, Winkowski, Schreiber, all three out of four. So it's going to be interesting going into tomorrow. Uh, We've got Chris Sale returning to the hill tomorrow, expected to throw around four innings. So we'll we'll see if he can get to that point and how they're going to handle it after that. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. They were warming Kyle Bearclaw a few times tonight hoping to get him in there. I, I have to wonder if he's going to be one of the guys they try to piggyback after him, after Sale tomorrow. Maybe some Chris yeah. maybe too. Would make sense. You have Sale, the left-handed pitcher, starting the game tomorrow. Like you said, four innings. So if you get four out of Sale, ideally you then go to a righty. That could be Jovera, Baraclaw. Not the sexiest names you've ever heard, but that's where we're at. Uh, Detroit's got a pretty anemic offense. So that's the good sign. The bad sign is, like you just mentioned, a lot of the high leverage guys were used on multiple nights. So if the Red Sox could get the offense going in this series versus the Tigers coming up, that would be huge, not just for the wins and losses, but for the sake of the rest of the um, the rest of the team, the pitching staff, if they could get some rest, um, that would be huge. But right now, we're in celebration mode, kind of, sort of, taking three out of four from the Royals. It. They won three out of four. I don't think any of those wins were exactly awe-inspiring. Um, how do you feel, Gordo? I feel good, to put it lightly. Good. Yeah, feel good. That, that's kind of a good way to put it, just because if you had asked fans what the Red Sox need to do coming into this series, I think most of them would have said, well, we kind of need to sweep, but we really just need to take three out of four. And that's what they did. You just don't feel that great about how they did it, because you feel like if they were playing a competent team, they may have actually gotten swept the series. Like the Royals had guys on base every single inning until the eighth inning today. And they just, they didn't score. So you have to think that, you know, a competent offense might've been able to get a few of those runs home. The the complexion of this game is entirely different. And then obviously the day before with Fenway park being like a house of wizardry and witchcraft with balls getting stuck in lights and balls going off MJ (laughs) Melendez's glove and catchers interference and, and craziness on the base paths. They yeah. got that game and the, we'll take the it. Interference. The, it's, it's the year. What's that? Five now? I think five. Five catchers interference in, going in favor of the Red Sox and two going the other way. But I thought the coolest thing about the Wednesday night game, uh, which was a 4-3 to three win for the Red Sox, was Joe Castiglione, who's been calling games, I believe, 41 years, over 40 years for the Red Sox. He saw something that he had never seen with the ball <laughs> literally going into the green monster through the light. And I was at this game. And when the hit happened, you what had the you whole see? 
What's your pers- what was your perspective as someone who was there and not wa- able to see the replays on TV? Nothing, nothing. So when 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 the ball when it looked like Yoshida caught the ball, there was a big cheer out of the Fenway crowd, and I kind of just was staring like it didn't look like he caught it, but I didn't see the ball go anywhere. And it's just, I mean, if Joe Castiglione is confused, it's okay to be confused because that is like that is the one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see in any any sport, not just baseball. The ball goes into the light of the green monster. Yoshida was a foot away from it, and even he was confused. The guy working in the green monster, if you watch the replay, had to point to the light and tell Yoshida the ball's in the light. I didn't see that. Uh, sneaky, sneaky heart attack moment. You have $90 million Yoshida sticking his hand in the light, which is not electricity, but also sharp getting the ball out like it's nothing. Thank God nothing happened. But holy moly, what are the... <laughs> I, I wish there was some sort of math equation to show how unlikely that is. But um, it ended up catching a break for the Red Sox. Kansas City probably scores a run if that goes off the wall. They certainly Kept do. At third base, and the, um, the Sox were able to wiggle out of that, which, like you alluded to, is kind of the theme of the weekend. A lot of runners in scoring position for the Royals, as they've done all year, haven't been able to drive them in. So... Credit to the Red Sox for holding them, but that's that's not going to hold up against the better teams. And like, luckily they're playing the Tigers next. But man, I uh, I don't know if I've ever felt less inspired after a three out of four win for the Red Sox. I don't know if you yeah. feel the same. No, no, yeah, it was it was about as. I mean, I, I, like I hate to get greedy, especially you know with this team. We just need to take what we can, of course. But yeah, I, I you can't feel much more bleh after three out of four than that but just one more thing on the light that i want that i want to say because I, I love it for for the baseball isn't boring podcast rob loves to go around and, and ask people why is baseball not boring and i feel like the most the easiest answer to give to that is well in baseball you can see something any on any given night that you've never seen before and and that was in full effect at fenway park on uh what was that wednesday night wednesday, wednesday night and, you know, in particular with that ball in the light. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy. But, yeah, I mean, we haven't we haven't talked on this podcast since since the it was it was the day after the trade deadline. And, and we kind of gave our thoughts on that. But we hadn't seen this team play the Blue Jays series. Um, pretty crazy to go. I mean, I don't know. I, how much better do you even feel after, of, after a Blue Jays series to follow that up with what we've seen against the Royals? You know, they, they came into the Royal series down in the wild card five games. They now enter Friday down four games. They're make, they made up ground, but of course, you know, now there's 47, 47 or 47 46 games left. I mean, games left. I feel it's a weird situation. We both agree three out of four is good, but neither of us feel really good about it because they were pretty ugly wins. A win's a win tonight, two nothing versus Kansas city really weird lots of weird stuff going on at the ballpark all week long but we'll take it do i feel really good about the red sox chances no nobody should nobody should feel really good about the chance their chances am i happy they're still in this and alive and we still have meaningful games i have something to look forward to tomorrow it's not like a who knows who cares it's a meaningful game and before we start recording you and i were going back and forth talking about what we wanted to discuss today and one of the things i brought up was how do you feel? Very vague question, right? But before the season began, I think it might have been all four of us, me, you, Coop, and Pat, 
Rob, Rob wasn't in this, but we all, the four of us, we all agreed if they're playing meaningful games in September, fine. And we're getting close to that. It's August 10th. Tomorrow's August 11th. There'll be four games out playing the Tigers. Then you got the Nationals. You have a real chance to make the playoffs. Is it a good chance? No. You got probably like a 10% chance. I don't know what the math is on that, but it's not high. I think it's right there. So in a year that pretty much everybody agreed is a bridge year, which we don't want a lot of bridge years, but they have to happen. Every franchise does them. Look at the Yankees. They should have been calling this a bridge year. If you had any foresight, you would have, but it's acceptable, which doesn't feel great, but it's not bad. I'm not going to sleep at night feeling awful about the Red Sox, but I'm not exactly thrilled. So you take everything into account. Like Heimbloom said a million times, the ticker is pointing up. So we'll take it. I think they're on the verge of being a very good team. And by on the verge, I mean, probably next year when they're under the luxury tax and they got a lot of money to blow, but this is fine for now. Just keep it going. Three out of four against the Royals. Not exactly impressive, but it's good. Pat on the back. Gentle pat on the back. Not a firm pat on the back. A little, yeah, gentle tap on the back for the Red Sox. So big series against Detroit starting tomorrow. And I don't know if you saw the starting pitcher for Detroit tomorrow. My guy. Your guy. Yep. Your guy, Tarek Skubal. So that's a deceptively difficult assignment to You have a burnt-out bullpen. Your offense is ice cold. You play a lot better against righties. And tomorrow you face a nasty, young, left-handed pitcher. So, big stretch coming up, man. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. My expectations are lower than I'd like them to be, but trying to to remain realistic in this long, 162-game long season. Yeah, I want to go back to a point you said, because you're talking about the ticker as... I don't know if you can hear my room, but she's talking to me. But uh, you talked about the ticker pointing up, and you talked about we talked how we talked about at the beginning of the season. We talked about how it was a bridge year, and how we just wanted to see meaningful games in September, and just see the ticker pointing up. And I want to go to a chart that was posted by Jay Kuda. He, if you don't follow him on Twitter, it's he's a must follow. He's, the, the dude is a mix of incredibly insightful, but also hilarious. Mainly just hilarious. I, you got to check him out if you haven't. But yeah, that's a that's a really good that's a really good J A Y C U D A. That's yeah. a really good baseball. Even if you're not a baseball fan, just the humor behind the the way he puts humor into baseball, I love. But yes, sorry, continue. It's, it's indescribable. But <laughs> he posts this chart, and he basically has on the left side it's all the teams in baseball, and then on the right side he has a list of a few stat co- categories. You've got win loss percentage, batting average on-base percentage, slugging percentage, ERA, FIP, and WHIP. And basically in this chart, he points out, is your is that is this particular team better or worse in this stat than they were last year? Now I'm going to go through the Red Sox here. Win-loss percentage, they're better. Batting average, they're better. On-base percentage, they're better. Slugging percentage, they're better. ERA, they're better. FIP, they're worse. WHIP, they're better. So, yes. I, I, I quote tweeted this and I, I got a little bit of heat for this, but I, I want to bring it here too. I want to discuss it with you. I said, we may not like where this season is headed in terms of end result and potentially in terms of the game, the types of games we have to watch in September. Granted, you know, after I tweeted that they've won a couple of games and, you know, now they're only four out. So obviously there's a little bit of hope. Maybe you get into within a couple of games and you can play competitive September baseball. But even if you don't, you head into the off season, as you said, 
you dipped the luxury tax. You can go over the luxury tax. They should go over the luxury tax. As a fan, you should be upset if they don't go over the luxury tax. I expect that's, them. That's, that's, uh, if, they don't, if they don't make a splash, then we actually should probably start talking about finding new new front office leadership. Maybe not ownership, but Heimblum, yeah. hot seat, if that happens. And, and that's a discussion to be had if we start seeing you know, some of these high-priced free agents fly off the board. You, know, you may not hear the Red Sox rumored in them because they run a tight ship, but in the end, yes, they should end up with a high-priced starting pitcher this offseason. If they don't, they, you, you have every right to question them. At least but, one. At least, at least one starting pitcher ideally yes. more than one ideally two the, the big fish but aside from that let's just look at the progress they've made this year alone i i just listed out all of those stat categories that they're better in and someone pointed out in the, in the comments and correct and rightfully so that they're that they're worse defensively and that person was absolutely correct they went from bad defensively last year to the worst defensive team in baseball by, this year. by a lot by it's a lot not, not close they're yeah. like if you're looking way, at outs above average. Way. And of course, of course, a lot of that is due to Kike Hernandez, who's no longer with the team. But still, the the gap, I believe it's like negative 51 outs above average, something, something like yeah. that. Something in the 50s. And then the next closest is like 19, negative 19. That's shockingly bad. Like that is completely unacceptable. But the rest of the stuff is good. So you'll take yes. it. If and not, and to, to your point about the Kike Hernandez thing, from this point forward, you know, your their middle infield defense was horrible. And it honestly was probably, in my opinion, like 80% of the reason why their defense has struggled so hard. And, you know, obviously, you know, Costas' early season struggles, he's definitely gotten a little bit better. Uh, Devers has struggled mightily defensively, particularly lately. And we see sneaky, what Yoshida does. Disappointing, disappointed in uh, Devers because last yeah. year, I was just talking to someone about this. Last year, it felt like he took a step forward. Still not great. He certainly did. Step yeah. forward. And now it feels kind of like he's back to 2019, 20 Devers defense. It's just, it's so, so, so far below Major League Baseball standard. It is. You don't feel comfortable ever when it's hit the Devers. And I hate talking negatively about Devers. We all love Devers. He's a great guy. He's, you could say he's the face of the team, but man, that's not, that defense is just like, it's, it's, awful like just straight up awful there's not a single bright spot about it it's yeah. very bad my the only thing you can hope for as a fan you know wanting devers to be a good defender is you you hope that he's that this is that this is just because maybe he's banged up he's certainly not getting days off these days you know they kind of have to be all hands on deck every single game but yeah i mean we hoped it would be better it hasn't been but basically outside of the defense though just to get back to the point everything's on the up and up like last year they entered the offseason, and Heim Bloom talked about this on a podcast. I think it might have been with on ITM with Steve Peralt, but I'm not sure. He or no, actually, I think this one was with TC and the TC and Copod. But he talked about how last year he entered the offseason and told you know the media and the fans that yeah, we're looking to add you know seven, eight, nine players. And when he says that, that means they have you know seven, eight, nine holes to fill. You know, as a fan, you hear that and you get excited because you're like oh, wow, like they're going to make, they're going to make a bunch of moves this off season. But the fact of the matter is when you're in a year, when you have to duck the luxury tax and you need to fill seven, eight, nine spots, that means the price per player isn't substantial, but this year they're going to have the financial freedom to jump the luxury tax and hopefully jump it by a fair amount. They have 
significantly fewer holes to fill thanks to the breakout of guys like Connor Wong, guys like Tristan Casas, guys like Masa Yoshida, guys like Jaron Duran. You've got, you filled out half of an offense. You filled out basically an entire back end of the bullpen. And you've got one of your frontline starting pitcher pieces for the foreseeable future in place. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This team needs yeah. to enter the offseason and essentially figure out what you're going to do. It. You're hopefully going to bring back Justin Turner. You have to figure out what you're doing with Verdugo or Verdugo's spot in the outfield. And you basically just have to fill out a starting rotation. And you have but a hey, bunch this, of money to this deal is with. Not, these, these are problems, but they're not bad problems. No, you have a certain good problem. Guys you use. A year ago, if you asked either of us about this situation, we'd be thrilled with it. And look, of course, the immediate response from a certain group of fans is, you're the Boston Red Sox. You shouldn't have to do that. And you know what, Sammy? And you know what? It's fair. I, I will not I will not trash a, a fan for saying it's ridiculous that we have to be happy with these small victories in this spot. But my response to anyone who has that opinion is just you have to understand that it's not just about filling these spots with quality players. They're filling these spots with quality players who are under control for a long period of time under team-friendly deals, meaning you can supplement it yeah. with better players, which is important because the holes that they have in the starting rotation, there are lots of guys available and you kind of have, I don't want to say your pick of the litter because obviously it's a two-way street with free agents, but you just have a lot of options to pick from. You have options, yeah. And 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 the fact of the matter is, baseball's changed a lot very quickly. And it's pretty clear how you become a contender. And the first thing you have to do, and there are no exceptions. I'm very firm on this. There's not a single exception. Every contender has or has had a very strong farm system. And that is why Bloom and the Red Sox made that priority number one. And now that they're pretty much universally ranked as a top five, top 10 system, now is when you can cash in. If you look at the past few World Series winners, what is it? Astros, Braves, Dodgers, Nationals, Red Sox. All five of those teams had homegrown cores that they then supplemented, which is what Bloom has started to do with guys like Yoshida, Jansen, can go on and on and on. He started to do that. So now that the tide is turning and we have money to blow and the major league team is, you know, not great, but they're solid. Trevor Story's back. You got your catcher. You got a good bullpen. The holes are starting to be filled in. Now you can upgrade and now you can supplement and a moment ago, you said starting to fill some of those holes. I'd like to pose a question. What are the holes on this team? Because the way I see it, there's really only one major hole on the team, and it's what we just discussed, starting pitcher. So there's upgrades to be made for sure. But as far as, quote unquote, a hole in this team, I would say starting pitcher, maybe second base if you don't like Urias. Yeah, the second base question is going to be interesting, especially because I mean, as it stands right now, anytime Trevor Story plays shortstop, at least for the immediate future, Pablo Reyes should be getting those starts. He's been one of the better players on the team for the better part of a week now, and you can't. My boy. So, my boy. Double tonight. 
Lead off. And lead off. He was he we were talking about is he gonna be DFA'd or is you gonna be DFA'd? And now he's leading off, hitting doubles, scoring runs for the Red Sox and playing solid defense too. He's not amazing, but he's solid out there. He's got good speed. I freaking love Pablo Reyes. This is like my Pablo Reyes and Connor Wong. Those are like my two guys this year that I just freaking love those two. And you know, the thing with every team, like if you think back to like teams that made second half runs and I don't know if the Red Sox are going to do that but like teams like when the Braves won won the World Series and when the Nationals won the World Series and like these teams that make these second half runs always kind of ride the coattails of these like random guys and you know we got Pablo Reyes here if the Sox are going to make a run like that's going to have to be a guy that we look at and just think about how he sparked it because yeah and and, and you always get those complaints Bloom, stop picking guys off of the scrap heap Tell that to Pablo Reyes, man. He's been unbelievable. You know what they got him for? They got him from the Oakland A's for cash because Joey Cora, Alex Cora's brother, recommended him to to Alex. There you go. There's your scrap heap number one friggin' example. And then you got John Schreiber off the scrap heap who had a huge inning like, coming in with Bobby Wood on second. No runs scored. Our guy Bernardino too? Yeah, Bernardino. There's so many examples of filling in these guys filling in the margins, as you could say, it's so important. And it's good to have a GM who's good at it. Now, Heimblum's not perfect. He's got to show that he can make that big splash, but he's good at filling in the gaps. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the direction of the team. I'm sure we can agree. We're not psyched overall with the season. We would like them to be a little more consistent, especially when you got so much offensive firepower and it just seems to go missing. But Hey, like I said, there's one way to build a team, and it starts with the farm system. You can reference all of the last five. You can go further back if you want. World Series winners, and it starts with the farm. That's set. Now it's time to cash in. Yeah, and and to, and before we before it's time to cash in, it's time to just God just give us something to watch in September, man. Because I just I remember talking to you guys after that Rocky series. I believe it was in June. And that was the low point. It wasn't even after the Rocky series, actually. It was during, it was after the second loss. They, the way that series went, they lost the first two and the world was ending. And then they won the third and then they went on a run. I think they swept the Yankees like immediately after that. Um, but they, they lost those the first two games there. And I remember the feeling I had after the second was, oh my God, they're going to sell at the deadline and we're going to have two months of completely meaningless baseball. And if, if August is meaningless, then that means you basically have to wait eight months until you see a meaningful baseball game again. To me, that's devastating for baseball guys like us. This is oh. like, like just, just having a meaningful baseball game to watch 7 PM after I work for eight hours a day. And it makes the day, it just, makes your day doable. Like yeah. at the very least, even if you're having a crappy day, like it makes it for people like us, it makes it, oh. it makes it worth it just because you've got the socks to watch that night. And it's a meaningful game. And it was tough last year at the end when they weren't. And like, Obviously, like I, I, you know, you were still watching. I was still watching. You know, we had Tristan Costas at bats to watch. Brian Bayo starts to watch. Like there was something to see, and certainly those at bats and those those starts will be there if they fall out of contention. But man, oh man, just into September competing would not just be so important for fans like us who who need it. But I, I really do think there's something to be said about getting guys experience playing in those games, and you know, getting Brian Bayo starts in those games, you know, when they face 
Like I've got a like they've got a bunch of games with team with a team like Tampa that lost tonight and has lost a lot of you know depth off their roster. Their entire rotation is hurt. It wouldn't shock anyone to see them fall down the ranks in the wild card. And maybe, you know, even though they're pretty far ahead right now, maybe they're a team that, you know, you play well against and maybe they're the team that falls down. I, I think we all think it's the Blue Jays, but I wouldn't put the Rays out of the question there. If you've got Brian Bayo, you know, maybe the Sox are three games back of the Rays and Brian Bayo starts the first game of the series where, you know, if you happen to win all three, you can catch him. I want him having experience in those games. There's value to be had yeah. there in him pitching those games. And there's value to be had in guys like Costas and Duran getting those at-bats. Like I know, I know, it, no one wants to hear it, but that's that, yeah, that's just a fact. It's also important to have some perspective about those teams you're mentioning. All of those teams are extremely flawed. The Blue Jays lead the league in runners left on base. That's awful, and their their front office have spoken. It's been widely reported that now it's becoming a mental thing, and like you don't want to start trying too hard when you have guys in scoring position. So. Blue Jays have major issues, and that's along with Romano being out, Bichette being out. You're missing your shortstop and your closer. We can tell you how that feels as Red Sox fans. It's not good. Then you got the Mariners, not a single guy with an 800 OPS. That's not great. The Angels are falling off of a cliff. So this is the Yankees, too. We could talk for for a long time about how the Yankees are doing not too good, huh? (laughs) And it's not a bridge year for them either, so... A lot of flawed teams that you're battling, and the Red Sox are very flawed themselves. So this is not not over yet. Big series coming up with Detroit. When you take a step back, Gordo, as we head into this weekend series with the Tigers, very similar to the Royals, I would say. Kind of a they can pitch a little bit. They don't really hit much. They run a little, but they don't really scare you in any facet of the game. How do you feel? What's your like? What's your mindset? What's the mindset you're taking into Friday night as a fan? The mindset I'm taking into Friday night is we need to see something from the offense and just taking a step back and looking at the series as a whole, uh, as Zoom tells me that we are running somewhat low on time, so we're going to wrap it up in a few minutes. But the way I see it going out, I said before the Royal series, the Red Sox need to take at least seven, but re- in, in reality, they need to take eight out of the ten. So they've taken three out of the first four. In my opinion, they got to sweep one of these two series. The Nationals are the worst team, but that team's that, that that series is on the road. This series, I like to think, I don't know. They're facing three good starting pitchers. They've got Spoon. tomorrow's tough. Tomorrow's tough. Or sorry, if you're listening, it'd be tonight, Friday night. Right. That's tough. You got Scooball, and you you you're much better against righties. Scooball's a lefty. You, your high leverage guys are very, very tired. And uh, you got Chris Sale pitching, which is great, but he's only going to give you around four innings because he's coming off the aisle. So it's kind of like you need the bats. That's 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 what you need. You need the bats. And Justin Turner's hopefully going to be in the lineup. Story's going to be playing short. Like you're going to have probably your best, your best offense is going to be out there. So, so you know, that's big. That's so that's if you ask me, how do I feel? The best possible thing would be if the Red Sox had one of those F you, we hit better than you, we're a friggin' juggernaut on offense, here's 10 runs, here's 12 runs. Just here's go three or four off. homers. We need it, the it's long been ball. so long. When was the last time they had one of those? Off- you know, I don't mean 10 runs, but like seven, eight runs, just like a big, like, look, look at the stat padding night, one of those nights, everyone's gotten hits. 
They're so, so in need of that. And normally when that happens with this team, they kind of go on a roll. So I've been looking for that. You know, you think you're going to get that on Thursday with what Austin Cox, who come on, nobody's ever heard of this guy. What are we doing here? Jordan Lyles the night before oh, pitches. That's the one. Game. That's the one that kills. They needed to crush Jordan Lyles. Hey, I'm glad they won, but they needed to yeah. kill Jordan Lyles. But you got these these lambs, as Dennis Eckersley would say, you and you're not hitting them. Today. So hey, maybe Tarek Skubal is what they need. You got a scary pitcher on the mound and lefty who, by the way, this doesn't mean much, but he's an every other start guy, and he had a really good start last time out. Got rocked the start before. Good start before that, bad start before that. So he's due for a clunker. Eh, maybe, maybe. I'm just looking for I want I want one of those multi-home run games, like you said. Just go off. Like unload all this pissed off, struggling offense, squeaking by Jordan Lyles, squeaking by the Royals. Just crush the Tigers. Like, don't beat them. Crush them. Get on a roll. Then you got Washington. They stink. Then you got the Yankees. They're down in the mud right now. Luis Severino has a 900 ERA or something like that. It's too bad they he's stink. not going to be starting by the time we get there. There's no chance they leave him in the rotation that long. I they mean, already, what are they even? He's probably already done. But but that's what they need. They need an fu kind of game where they just go off. So that's what I'm hoping for. You know, I'm not going to complain if they win three to one, but it would be really nice to get the offense going just so the pitchers don't feel like they got to be perfect. And the defense doesn't feel like they have to get every single play exactly right. It's just so Mm -hmm. it's a stressful brand of baseball. I would like to be able to, to breathe as a fan. I can't imagine how it is on the players. If it's a stressor like this as a fan. So I'm looking for that big F U game from the Red Sox this weekend. F U Detroit respectfully. (laughs) Respectfully. And no, it's, it's interesting because, with the Red Sox, the offense has gone so hot and cold all season. That's like that's why I think it's okay to be happy with them taking three out of four from the Royals, even though we don't really love the way that it happened. Because yeah, it's if a sign you're of a winning, team. If, you, if your if your offense is ice cold and you find a way to win, that's a sign of a good team. It's not it's not awe inspiring, but that's it's it's you could spin it that way. It's a good sign. You know, they found a way to win. So, and take I'll it. tell you, like, and and to, just to finish my thought. Um, if they're winning the games when they're cold, like eventually we we know this team by now, like we know what they are. Eventually they're going to get hot. So if you can win the games where you're cold, then you put yourself in a position to go on an extended run. And I, I think the, what I'll say about this team here, here's going to be my line about this team because we know exactly what they are. You know, we think that we don't know what they are because sometimes they come out there and they're great. And sometimes they come out there and they can't hit at all. And, you know, sometimes they have to go to these, you know, relievers that we know aren't going to get the job done and they don't get the job done and we see what happens. Sometimes, sometimes Jordan Lyles will pitch a complete game against you at home, but yep. that's okay. Sometimes that stuff happens, but sometimes <laughs> they go nuts and they sweep the Braves. Sometimes yeah. they go nuts and they four game sweep the Jays and then they three game sweep the Jays. Like mm-hmm. what we know, we know exactly what they are. They're consistently inconsistent and, and we've seen it. We know what they are. What we don't know is where they're going. We know what they are. We don't know where they're going. It's going to be interesting to see where, where they're going. We know what they are. I agree with you. More frustrating is we know what they can be when yes. they're clicking. They're one of the best teams in the league when they're clicking. How many teams can hang with the Red Sox offense? When they got that full line about there, they don't strike out much. They, they're the doubles machine. They got good speed. That's a really, really friggin' good team. It's just, are they going to click? Which is the biggest question mark. 
we're going to find out a lot these next two series because they got two lamb teams that they should, in theory, kick the crap out of. But we know how that goes. Shout out O'Days. Yep. So we got Friday night, we got Terry Skubal. Saturday, we got Matt Manning. Sunday, we got Eduardo Rodriguez. Not the easiest pitching matchups, but they're going to need the offense. As we said, the bullpen's pretty taxed. But you got three starting pitchers going in this series. Oh, God, we have to face Erod? I didn't know that. That kind of yeah. that kind of put a damper on my mood just now. Yeah. You got I, thought Erod. Was, I thought it was Skubal, Manning, and then, oh, no. I thought it was Fiedo. Damn. All right. Oh, hey. Good. Step it up. They play up to their opposition. Man, that, that really put a damper on how I'm feeling. I didn't realize they were facing Iran. Listen, man, don't worry, though. It's on Peacock. Who knows if we'll even be able to watch it? We'll have to see. Oh, my God. Peacock really exclusive. Not... Hey, you want to watch the Red Sox on Sunday since nobody's got Peacock? I'll see you at Fenway. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a $41 special. All right, everyone. Tune in to Peacock Sunday afternoon, Fenway Park. And with that... That ends this Bradfoe show with your boy Gordo, your boy Sammy. It was a blast. Thanks for letting us in your eardrums, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hopefully the Sox can uh, put together a good series against Detroit. Let's go. Sox on Peacock, baby!